You're listening to the Piston Podcast, the motoring podcast for the motoring enthusiast, presented by me, Daniel Actaus. Each episode, I dig deep into the world of cars with news, reviews, and other random motor talk. From engine cars to EVs, I'm here to entertain you whilst you're nipping through traffic or even whilst you're stuck at home trying to change your exhaust. But warning, I may ramble on about Fiat Pandas. You've been warned. Anyway, engage launch control. It's time for the Piston Podcast. Hello and welcome to Season 3, Episode 10 already of the Piston Podcast, the motoring podcast for the motoring enthusiast, presented by me, Daniel Actaus. I'm very excited because at last, as promised last week, I am joined by another guest, and this guest is a fellow Panda owner, so what is not to like? I am joined by Jake Bell. Good evening, Jake. Good evening. How How are are you? I'm doing very well. Just had a lovely barbecue, as I mentioned to you just before. Very full of burgers and chipolatas and stuff like that. But I'm doing, I'm doing very well. Right for the listeners that don't know who you are, could you introduce yourself? Like, what do you like? What do you do? Yeah, sure. Well, hello everyone. As he's already said, I'm Jake Bill. I run the Wolves Wheels YouTube channel. So, unsurprisingly, it's a car channel on YouTube. Where I focus mainly on classic minis. Uh, Fiat Panda 100 HPs mainly, which I know you quite like. Of course. And a old Renault Megane Classic from 1999, which was my very first car, which currently I'm working on as a bit of a project, trying to get it back up to its best. Yeah, renovation. Uh, it, yes, renovation. I like that. This is, oh, done, good. this is done before Renault actually revealed their Renolution name. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's not tied into that at all. But, very clever uh, naming yeah. strategy, yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, if I can think it up, surely, you know, Renault, big company like them. (laughs) But yeah, uh, basically, I do car shows, like going to them, filming them, uh, doing not quite reviews at this stage because uh, being under 25, trying to get insurance on other people's cars is a bit tricky, to say the least. Of course, you you, you work in that industry, of course. So at the minute, I just do sort of quick walk arounds. also done a bit of filming for other YouTubes, one being uh, Lloyd Vehicle Consulting. I've done some work for him previously, filming his Tweed Jacket Reviews series. Yeah. Done one video so far, got another one coming up in the not too distant future. Not going to say anything too much on it yet because obviously it's his channel, his review. I'll let him obviously Got to keep it, it secret, more, of course. Yeah, exactly. But we got another one of those coming up very soon. Hopefully there'll be a third one coming uh, quite soon. So yeah, that's the sort of thing that I do. That's fantastic. I've been watching your channel for quite a while now, quite a while. And I've got to say, I really love the content you do. And I do really think you don't get the recognition you deserve. I, I do think every single listener of this podcast needs to head over to the Wolves Wheels YouTube channel and subscribe immediately. Because I was thinking about it this afternoon. In a way, this is a compliment. You're sort of like a young Ed China. Oh, really? That's, that's the first time I've ever heard anyone compare me to a young Ed, well, young Ed China, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's just you're always in the garage tinkering away, doing little mods to your three cars. And yeah, it, I thought about this afternoon. I was like, yeah, actually, yeah. You do. <laughs> that's a compliment. But you may take it a different way. I'm not so sure. No, no, anyway. I, I like Ed China. So no problems about yeah, he is, he is a legend, definitely. So over the next half hour to 50 minutes, I don't know, it depends how, how long we ramble on. I can guess probably quite a lot um we're, we're going to be talking about fiat pandas minis mcgans so piston podcast listeners you're in for a bit of a treat hopefully and it's hopefully it's not going to go into why everybody should drive a panda story because that can very easily happen so it i think happen. we should it could easily happen yes i think we should start off with how you actually first got into youtube 
Yeah, that's a very good question. Uh, so basically with sort of videoing in, well, general really, I mean, back in my college years, I was doing a video production course. Yeah. And in case uh, your listeners don't know, I do, well, going, I'm going to be running my own podcast at some point fairly soon. Yes. We're looking at maybe May to start that up. Now, it was originally maybe going to be April, but we decided to push it back, make it as good as it possibly can be. Yeah, yeah. So I'd rather spend a bit more time on it, but my podcasting co-host on there, Carlos Tilbury, he approached us back then and uh, he'd been on a big trip to America, done some filming there and he'd suggested to uh, our lecturer, Peter Hearn, as he's, well, as he's called. He's also directed a few films and one of them is currently on Amazon. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I'll maybe go into a little bit more detail on that later on. But uh, yeah, so Carlos approached us and just said, look, I've got all this footage. I don't know how to do video editing. Maybe your students would like to uh, edit together a video for me. Sure, yeah. says Pete. And so we obviously have a uh, meeting with Carlos, see how that all goes. Carlos, he says he's got about 16 hours of footage and he wants a 20-minute <laughs> video made of it. Oh, so wow. Between myself, my other podcasting co-host, Chris, and another Chris, it does get very confusing, there's two Chris's. Yeah. Uh, between us, we all had a look between 16 hours of footage and brought it back down to about 20 minutes. And that video is currently on YouTube under the title Carlos Tilbury's Real America. It's been up for about five years now, nearly five years. Gosh. So I can't recall how many views. Last time I checked, it was about 300 views. Yeah. But put it this way, that was basically my very first video I edited and obviously for YouTube, not under my own banner, but yeah, that's something that I did. And then obviously... Uh, Let's just move on a bit to 2020. Uh, lockdown. Interesting year. Kicked, yeah. We know it was an interesting year, definitely. Lockdown <laughs> kicked it. Uh, I was furloughed to begin with and then sadly lost my job because of, it had to close down because obviously not enough financial support. Anyway, yeah, yeah. That, it is what it is. Have managed to find other employment since. Uh, but yeah, basically during lockdown, I needed something to keep me quite occupied as it were and to be fair yeah. i've always liked doing videos of cars i mean back in 2017 18 19 i did filming of videos of car shows basically local yeah. ones to me house uh goodwood festival of speed thruxton things like that and i just never put them up and i thought hey why don't i just well obviously put them up onto youtube see what happens so yeah, yeah had a look at that and as you may well know, Miller Corner, Joe Miller, he yes, did his yes. virtual comedies quite early on in uh, lockdown, obviously carried them through. Yeah. But uh, back in early lockdown, he decided he was going to do those and put it out to his viewers. Hey, why don't you make a video for it about your car? So I made a video on my Renault Megane Classic. And yes. it picked up quite well. I mean, I got a couple of viewers from there. Some I did see that, yeah. Today, so... Yeah. That's exceptional. <laughs> you know, it's incredibly nice of them that they even checked out the channel considering yeah. I was quite young and experienced at it at the time, if I do say so myself. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, that's sort of how that developed. And from that, I've been doing that weekly since May last year. So coming up to nearly a year of weekly videos on YouTube for me. So that's amazing. Really yeah, good. Good fun. S similar story with me. I did a, I still am doing a YouTube channel with my friend Matt. And we've been doing that since right at the start of 2020. And the start of last year, I really wanted to kickstart my own personal YouTube channel to 
not only share my passion with other people, but have something that I can look back on in future for cars that we've owned in the past and just, you know, something to, something to, you know, make me see improvements and stuff like that, if, if I can say that. So I did start my own YouTube channel. I think it was around, around June, July time I properly got it started. And that was a review of our old Toyota Yaris. And that was last minute because it was the day it actually went to its new owner. Oh, really? So, oh, I yeah, didn't realise that. <laughs> it, was, it had, to, had to be filmed quite quick, but I got that done. And then from that moment onwards, I thought, yeah, people obviously like these, these videos and I like doing them. So I started doing my own YouTube channel as well as the one with my friend Matt. And I've been doing that every so often. Uh, lockdown 3, recently, I did a video every week. Uh, and then with, when school started a few weeks ago, I've calmed down a bit. But now it's Easter. You know, I've got two weeks where I, where I can film more videos. So I'm hoping to get a lot done. But yeah, I think lockdown gave everybody an opportunity to start something new or maybe carry on with something that they've done in the past and maybe not enough time for, you know, music, YouTube, podcasts like this one. It's just given everybody a chance to do something. And I think that's a pro and something good that people can take away. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I mean, YouTube in terms of making videos for it, obviously lockdown has been a massive negative for everyone. Of course, yeah. not being able to see people and yeah, all the, all the good stuff. Won't go too much into it because we've all been there already. We all know how it's, uh, how it's played out so far. But yes. uh, yeah, in terms of productivity and things like that, I've certainly seen a lot of people starting YouTube channels over the uh, last year or so. Yeah, yeah. It's great to see. Really great to see. I, I, I really actually prefer watching sort of smaller youtube channels to some of the bigger ones because i like the fact you can get in direct contact with these people that do smaller youtube channels like myself and you and joe miller and all of them you sort of get to know them better than if you were to watch some of the bigger channels in a way that's that's a really nice thing but anyway let's move on to back onto walls wheels so for for the listeners that are unfamiliar what sort of content do you make yes so I make little sort of repair videos, modification videos, not too big a modification. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of going too over the top with cars. I mean, yeah. I'll do the odd little here and there, just little things to sort of uh, brighten up interiors and engine bays and things like that. But yeah, just keep it nice and simple, you know. Maybe yeah. one day I'll move on to bigger things, maybe a full engine swap in something one day if I ever buy a project or something like that. But uh, yeah. for now, whilst... Uh, yeah, while well, still quite a small YouTube channel, as you mentioned, I'll keep it fairly simple for now. Yeah. But also, as I've mentioned, go to the car shows, uh, film the reviews for other channels, things like that. So, yeah, it sort of plays out quite nicely. Yeah, it's very good. Which has been your, your favourite thing that you've done on Will's Wheels? It may be a car review that you did, or it could be a, a, something you did to your Mini, for example. What's been your favourite? Oh, favorite. Do you mean just generally modification or show walk around or anything? What's what's been your highlights in Wolves Wheels? Favorite video, favorite mod? It's quite a big oh, question. It is a big <laughs> question. I've got to think through nearly fifty-two <laughs> plus videos now. Gosh, are um, you on the spot? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, whilst I'm thinking about it, I will say my most popular video, which continues to be the most popular video, I have no idea why, is my Fiat Badger replacement video. Yeah. That was good. I no idea. You did the line, I no idea didn't you? Why that. Uh, I did do that one, yes, but that was a separate video. When I talked about the one with the actual badge on the rear replacement, because of course Fiat badges delaminate over time. They do. So uh, yeah, that was for some reason my most popular one. I'm on nearly not even be over by this point. Thirteen thousand views on that. Wow, no that's idea good. why. 
So clearly <laughs> there's, a lot, of Fiat, <laughs> there's a lot of Fiat fans out there going, I need to change out my rear badge. Yeah, other no, people okay. suffering. <laughs> I've thought about it. My favourite okay. thing I've done on the channel has to be the July Rewind series I did back, surprisingly enough, last July. Yeah. Where I did <laughs> three videos per week, which yeah. was quite a lot of effort, to say the least. I mean, that obviously... Is. I wasn't at that time I'd lost my job so not furloughed anymore yeah plenty of time on my hands but given it was summer it was a nice time to be outside and of course lots of jobs around the house to be done I was rather pleased with the uh, way those videos turned out I think yeah. three videos per week so that's got to be my highlight so far yeah that's 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 really good uh, and out of the cars you've reviewed so far which has been your favorite which has standed out most which has stood out? Ooh, good question. Uh, I've reviewed a 208, a Vauxhall Combo Van, yeah. a Skoda Karok, Rover 45 V6, which I nice. think I'm going to have to say is my favourite. <laughs> not, not because it's owned by a fellow YouTuber, Joseph Lloyd of Lloyd Vehicle Consulting, but generally <laughs> I just like the car for what it is. Yeah, it's not the really Vauxhall. Nice example. <laughs> I mean, I like the van as well. I mean, I love practical vehicles as well i love yeah. transits i love mavanos renault uh, traffics and things like that but of course yeah i love the uh, 45 v6 i'm very much a commercial vehicle and practical man it must yeah. be said i like it i like it that's something i'm looking forward to you know when the world sort of returns to normality is going out to review cars again because yes definitely i don't think i've actually done that properly because obviously me starting youtube properly myself was during lockdown so uh, it'd be nice to contact some local dealerships and ask if I can borrow a car for a, for a while or contact some of the owners and stuff like that. Just to, you know, I think it's good reviewing cars, obviously it's part of a car YouTube channel, but yeah, that would be nice in future. Um, so yeah. So which cars would you like to drive for the channel? Is there any in your bucket list? Your viewers are probably going to think, why is this guy here? Probably. <laughs> I like a Mark III Fiesta 1 litre. I'd quite like to drive one of those. <laughs> they very much resonate with my youth, basically. Yeah. So well, I wasn't expecting every... that. No, exactly. They were everywhere when I was young. And between you and me, one of them was actually potentially going to be my very first car. Right. But uh, basically at the time, one was owned by a family friends. They'd had it on their drive for some time. They bought it for their daughter about eight years prior to learn to drive in. Yeah. And she'd given up driving, so the car was just sat on his drive. Yeah. But uh, this was about two years before I started learning. They ended up scrapping it because the bodywork was just that far gone, as Fords yeah. of that era, yes, unfortunately, yes. do. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, on the front, on the face of it, it was a lovely car, but it just never happened. And obviously, as you know, ended up with my dad's old Renault Megane. So, yeah. and, and I. Me, we are going to be talking about that Megane in a little bit because I'm so interested in it. Yes, it's yeah, a Megane, yeah. but I know you have a lot of stories and I like Renaults as well. So, yeah, we can have a chat about that in a minute. But, yeah. Yeah, there's another car I would like to drive, and that is a Mark III again. Vauxhall yeah. Astra Diesel 1.7 because of nostalgia, <laughs> basically. Yeah. My mum had one. It was the very first car I ever drove around a field. Oh, and that was yeah. With, that was with a trailer on. So, I would, yeah, quite... Would probably like to drive one just for nostalgia reasons, essentially. Yeah, that would be so nice. that's got to be on the list, I think. Yeah, again, your viewers are probably there going, Why is this guy here? Talking <laughs> about old 90s well, but 
at this point they're probably tuning into other podcasts so i apologize but uh, honestly i wasn't expecting those answers I'm, I'm surprised actually but surprised in a good way like it's not a you know a, a lamborghini or anything like that it's a Vauxhall and a ford <laughs> Oh, I mean, I, I would like, like to drive a Lamborghini, but uh, they're a bit unattainable to myself at the minute. So yes, <laughs> I'm know, more interested in down-to-earth cars. <laughs> well, I think, yeah, I think more down-to-earth cars aren't reviewed enough. I think, well, more that, so now than back in the day when it was mostly just television. Um, I know with Top Gear and stuff like that, they never reviewed normal cars. And I think every now and then they should have. Um, but it's, it's nice to see normal cars being shown. Yes. Yes, definitely. I mean, you've got obviously the channels out there, and the, uh, such as Hubnuts, iDriver Classic, Twin yeah. Cam, Furious Driving. Channels. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But they obviously all focus on the more mainstream cars these days, which, as you say, wouldn't have had much of a look in back in the early two thousands. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, do you have any exciting plans at all? Any you can reveal, or any keeping secret? Ooh, in terms of what <laughs> later this year going forward. Going forwards, yeah. Going forwards, oh, good question. You're full of good questions today. Oh, I am. Um, <laughs> I blame uh, the barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> so jealous of that. I'm looking forward to my first barbecue. <laughs> um, so, yeah, in terms of channel content coming up, hopefully we're going to be looking at quite a few shows during summer, during Fingers June, crossed. I believe. Yeah. During June, I've got pretty much a full month well, each weekend in June is pretty much a car show somewhere in the country, whether it be yeah. Midlands or South where I'm based. Uh, and same with August, there's pretty much a show every single weekend. There may even be two on the same weekend, you know. So yeah. I'm very much looking forward to those. Plus, oh, hopefully, should be, hopefully should be going back to the uh, Isle of Wight for a, another mini meet over there. That should be oh, good yeah, fun. Yeah. I was kind of hoping to be maybe doing uh, Pandas to Pandino this year, which is a massive panda event going to uh, Pandino in Italy, somewhere near to Milan, I believe yeah, it is. I've heard of that, yeah. But yeah, I was looking forward to maybe making the journey down there, but obviously that's now been cancelled because, of course, Europe is on the rose with the coffee virus. Coffee virus, and, yes. And um, Yeah, there was also meant to be a mini-meet over in Italy this year as well, international yeah. mini-meet. But uh, I imagine, although there's not specifically been any word, not yet, uh, Pandas Pandino is a much smaller event and that's been cancelled. I can't see IMM Italy happening this year. So mm, I know, it's the problem. It's, it's a big problem. I have my fingers crossed that Goodwood will be going ahead because after mm. 2019, which was the first time I went, we booked to go again in 2020, but for two days. And obviously, for obvious reasons, coffee virus, as you just said, it was cancelled. Yes. Um, so we rolled over the tickets to this year. So fingers crossed it'll go ahead yes. and coffee virus does a runner but yeah i'm i'm just looking forward to it something i'm looking forward to in the long run when i start driving myself i'd love to take our panda 100 hp to poland because i know the fiat scene in poland is it's quite massive i know joe miller has taken his super Seicento over to poland uh, i think twice three times something like that and it's just uh, the yeah, overall nice. scene isn't it it's just it's nice. a huge scene over there because of course for those of you who don't know Poland was, of course, a massive second home, essentially, to Fiat, yeah. where, of course, Fiat cars were built. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they've got both, both of our pandas are built over there, I believe, aren't they? And Titchy. They are, yeah. 
yeah yeah it's very true so i think we should move away from youtubing and go towards the cars i know we already have but we'll go with, go with, go over to it <laughs> officially so obviously you own a panda 100 h yes i know you own a panda 100 <laughs> hp you own a mini and a classic mcgann so let's just talk all about all of them so let's start with the panda obviously because regular piston podcast listeners will know that i cannot go through a podcast without mentioning the word panda so how did you get into the 100 hp uh, well, basically, uh, a few years ago, during the scrappage scheme, my mum traded in her old Vauxhall Astra for a 1.2 little white panda. Yeah. And to be fair to it, it was extremely lovely. It had a good, reasonable amount of power. Yeah. But obviously, compared to a 100 HP, it's obviously not quite as much, <laughs> shall we say. Yeah. But um, yeah, I remember I was probably around, what, 13 at the time? 14, maybe? I can't remember exactly. It was roughly around that sort of age. Yeah. And basically at the time, uh, I didn't have that much influence over the parents, which car they chose to buy. <laughs> but um, yeah, when we went to go and pick up this white panda, which has sadly moved on, it's yeah. still around, still somewhere out there in the world. So HD59KHT, if you're out there, say hello. <laughs> um, yeah, but we went to go and pick up this little white panda. And uh, in the car park, there was another panda. It was a 100 HP one. Right. I remember looking at it as a 13, 14 year old. Of course, this was just after the Abarth had been launched. Yeah. So it was about a year or so afterwards. And of course, not seen much of it well, on TV or anything like that at that point. Yeah, yeah. Other than maybe the odd advert here and there. So I went to go have a look around the dealership whilst the parents were all sorting out the, uh, the paperwork. You know, yeah. had a look around. Oh, look, 500 Abarth. It's very colorful. It's red. It's white. It's green. It's whatever colors, you know. Yeah. But over in the corner, waiting to be collected by its new owner, was the white Panda 100 HP. And I thought, wow, that actually looks like a really cool version of the Panda. Yeah. I look around, obviously, with the alloys and all the black plastic cladding and <laughs> the badge on the bag, which obviously makes it stand out. And, of course, that roof spoiler and big front oh, of course. bumper, you know. Yeah, yeah. All the things that make a uh, young, impressionable person go, wow, <laughs> that's amazing. I love it, you know. Yeah. But, no, uh, we ended up with a 1.2. Yeah. So, Yeah. A few years later, obviously, I ended up passing my test and I had my dad's old Renault because, sadly, he no longer could drive due to eyesight issues, which... Right, yeah. Yeah, so the Renault sort of had many, many run-ins with that. But yeah. more on that later on. <laughs> uh, basically, in 2017, I ended up going through my own sort of health-based issues, needed cars that were going to be reliable to get me to and from hospital. And I think about it, uh, the Renault, although it was reliable, it still proved to be it was a... A case of um, parts were wearing out on it, shall we say, because most yeah. of the parts on it are still original, believe it or not. Obviously, yeah. consumables have changed, but yeah. So later 2017, went to go and have a look at a replacement car, and you can't really shake off those childhood memories, can you? Oh, no, so you Panda, can't, no. Having had good experiences with driving mum's Panda, because I had driven that a couple of times, well, by that point. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a good car. Had a look at the Panda 100 HP. It was the same colour as yours, actually. Electroplash Glay. Yeah, yeah. Glay? Grey. I can't speak. I can never say that <laughs> word. Anymore. It's a hard word to say. It is. But, um, <laughs> yeah, had a look at one of those. And at the time, because I'd been through my own rough patch and the car was going through its rough patch, obviously it had been there since basically as long as I can remember. It was a case of, do I really want to get rid of it yet? Yeah. So I passed up that one. Anyway, two years later... The car was obviously two years older, parts still wearing out. 
not yeah. a problem every week as such, but yeah, just generally questions of can I really do long distances in it? And I was starting to have to do quite long distances. So yeah, I sort of looked back when the Panda 100 HP is a good car. Happens to be looking on Auto Trader and saw this one not too far away from me down in Fairham in yeah. uh, Hampshire. Went and had a look and ended up pretty much buying it the same day. So, and that's how I ended up with the Panda. That is great. A very long-winded story as well. It is. Over many, many years. Over many years. I mean, it was a similar story to me, actually, getting into the 100 HP. Because Christmas 2018, I think it was, I got Car Fever by James May, a book. That's very good. It's an old book now, but it's, it's hilarious. So I can recommend that to just anybody who wants to laugh. And he mentioned that he, he picked up his Panda. This is back in like 2007 time. And he picked up his 1.2 Panda. Yes. And he mentioned that 24 hours after he bought his Panda, the 100 HP came out. So he was a bit <laughs> miffed about that. And yeah. So I then that night, very late at night, I, I seem to believe, um, when I probably should have been asleep, went on to Google to search up the Panda 100 HP because I was like, wow, what is this? Because I've never liked the Panda. I mean, when I was a kid, I used to hate it, which makes it really ironic. So I searched up the 100 HP on Google and I went, wow, I really like this. And ever since, it just hasn't been shook off. Um, There was one local to me in town, um, a red one like yours. And I looked at it and went, oh my word. I remember seeing it for the first time and I was like, wow. There it is. So I spent about half an hour looking round it and looking round it. And at the time, I was I was I had a radio show and I, I was actually late to my radio show because I was looking around this panda. <laughs> so that's dedication right there to, to panda enthusiasm. Yes. So I looked round it, and ever since every single week, I was just looking around this this red panda. And eventually, I found the owner on Facebook, which is which is funny. But that was later on. That was early twenty twenty. Um, and yeah, he, he lives local. So it then moves on. Um, March 2020, just before the lockdown happened, it was an interesting time. Um, I put on the 100 HP Facebook group, basically asking if anybody had 100 HP that they could show me around and take me out for a drive, maybe for an article, right, about the 100 HP, because I wanted to experience what it was like and if it was actually a good car, you know. So a guy called Asa Thorpe, who you may know from Twitter, um, who's, who's panda-obsessed, yes. He basically said, you can borrow one of mine for a few days. And it was this black one, Beep. And we borrowed it. Um, it didn't, <laughs> it didn't um, disappoint me, put it that way. I was just obsessed by them. My parents were also pretty, you know, they were turned around. Hey. They really liked it. So taken with it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It happens with quite a few cars, but yeah. So the Saturday we borrowed it, the Sunday we bought Paolo. The next day, that's how quick it was, and we we were (laughs) we were in the position, right? Oh no, we've got three cars now. We've got the Renault Scenic family car, the Panda now, and our Yaris. And we're like, oh, don't want to sell the Yaris, but we sort of had to. So that was a shame. That went away. So it kicked off from there, really, and ever since that my panda love hasn't gone down at all it makes it sound quite cringy and a bit like a love story but yeah panda 100 hps are just great and i really do think anybody who doubts them just needs to drive one to experience Mm. what they're all about because they're just amazing really good anyway i believe we've we've rambled about pandas enough so i think we should move on to the mini talk about your mini what what is it (laughs) 
Well, my Mini is a 1991 Rover Mini City, which was the base model of the Mini line, which, to be fair, when you think back to a Mini, you think small, simple, practical transport, essentially. So, yeah. yes, I could maybe have shelled out for a Cooper or potentially even a, not 60s, but a Cooper S at the time, 90s sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, to put it this way, Mini prices are not exactly uh, cheap, shall we no, say. No, not anymore. <laughs> so, um, yeah, as we know with a uh, twin camp, he bought his Metro because he was looking to get a Mini and he saw how much the prices were and thought, yeah. what can I buy that's close? So eventually he obviously bought Melvin his Metro. Yeah. And um, yeah, by sheer coincidence, I was looking on Gumtree one day and one came up that wasn't too far from me and was you know, a reasonable price. Yeah. So I ended up going to have a look at it. I uh, spoke to the owner. They're a pretty honest person, I thought, you know, they told us all the problems with it and what was right and what had been replaced, what, when, and how, you know? Yeah. Had a test drive in it. Unfortunately, I didn't get to drive it on the test drive because uh, insurance reasons. Yeah, yeah. So I just did passenger on it. But, you know, the overall impression of the car was good. So I took my dad with me because he'd had a Mini in the, uh, in the 80s, but his Mini was from the 70s. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we had a sort of look around it and walked away for two minutes and just went, should we buy it? You know, is it, is it a good enough car? You know, basically. And yes. Is it worth it? Because of course with minis or any old car, in fact, they can hide pretty much anything. Yes. Yes. You know, they can it's hide rust, they can hide a multitude of problems. So, uh, yes. yeah, but we just sort of reached the conclusion that it's within budget. If anything does go wrong, we should be able to fix it. And we'd have a look at how much parts were previously, obviously online. Been a mini not as far back as I can remember, basically. So, uh, yeah, the deal was done that day there and then. And about three days later, I went back and picked it up because it uh, needed an MOT, basically. So, yeah, yeah. The, part of the agreement was get it through the MOT, we'll give you full price. Got it through the MOT, full price for it was paid. So, that's good. There we go. That's I remember really at the good. Time, I remember at the time, it was uh, Friday afternoon. Waiting for a uh, phone call from the owner. <laughs> Has it passed? Has it passed? Am I going to own a mini? <laughs> then about five minutes before the job closed, got a phone call. Like, yeah, the car's passed. Uh, only one advisory, but that was tires. Oh, that's yeah, not bad. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> that's really impressive. That's good. It's a lovely blue color as well, isn't it? I'm I'm a fan of it. It's really nice, and you fit the eyelids as well on the lights. Yeah, that's something you have to do. Fun. Those are controversial in the uh, mini scene. You either love them or hate them. They're rather marmites, but yeah. uh, I like them. Otherwise, I wouldn't have put them on my car, would I? But... Of course, of course. <laughs> my granddad's two CV is the little eyelids as well, and it just—it's just nice. It adds something to the front end, makes it a bit more interesting to look at. Um, yeah. So yeah, my granddad had about three or four minis, I think, back in the day. Uh, his last one was rather tragic because he was rushing to work one day, as a lot of people do, over the speed <laughs> limit. And he hit a lorry. <laughs> Ooh, nasty in a mini. And, yes, very, very nasty. And it was actually in the paper. There's a picture on my phone. It's pretty horrific. And the, the whole of the mini was just crunched up. He made it out. I don't know how, if I'm honest. Um, but, oh, my word. Just, wow. You don't, don't want to have a crash with one at all. But they're lovely cars. Really lovely. Minis, just everybody loves them. If you, even if you don't like cars, people know what a mini is. And that makes them iconic. The thing is with the Mini is they've always got that 
that nostalgia factor with people. Pretty yeah. much anybody who grew up in the 60s, 70s, 80s, even early 90s, likelihood is you knew someone who either owned one or you owned one yourself. Yeah. It is true. It is true. Right. Let's move on to the last car in the fleet, and it is the Renault yeah. Megane, the classic yeah. Megane. So, the project. <laughs> the project, the long term project. Go on, explain what the Megane is. What does it mean to you? Right. So, it is the longest car in the fleet. It's the longest car I've also owned, but it's the longest car that's been around in my life. Basically, my dad bought it yeah. brand new when we were moving down from, uh, from Scotland at the time. Yeah. The intention with it was to uh, basically take it up to Scotland to bring stuff down to the Midlands where we were staying and then move it further down south where we now live. But uh, yeah, despite buying the saloon version of the Renault Megane, which is incredibly rare now, yeah. I had a look on uh, how many left.co.uk. There's only about 10 of that specific model left Wow, now. yeah. So yeah. Kind of I don't think I've seen one. It, you know? yeah of course no but uh yeah there's uh, not many of them left and i think only three of them are from 1999 so two others out there liberté born basically yeah yeah uh but yeah he bought that to go up to scotland ironically it never traveled up there because that was left to its astro and trailer stable mate combo whatever you want to call it yeah but uh yeah basically dad used it for many many years going to and from work and then Obviously, when I went to school, it would pick me up from there and obviously take me to school, whichever way you want to look at it. Yeah. And it was also the holiday vehicle, of course, being the saloon. It could carry a lot of things, of yeah, course, taking yeah. grandparents as well. They'd often put a lot of items in it. So, <laughs> yeah, that was uh, definitely a good purchase. I mean, it's still around 22 years later. There's a bit of rust on it, as, uh, as you're yeah, familiar with. The scary with. arch. The scary arch. <laughs> yeah, but I do have... I do have replacement panels for them bought oh, from wow. Poland. So I'm nice right. finding them online and uh, hopefully should be fixing them at some point. Fingers yeah. crossed. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's currently the status in. But basically, although there's nothing fundamentally wrong with it, really, I mean, all the repairs in it are fairly straightforward and simple, yeah. to say the least. It's just a case of money, time and cost, really. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's always the it, case, it, yes. It's been a good car. I mean, made many memories in it, obviously, as a child. And then I once I passed my test, uh, upgraded the stereo system in it to a, a Pioneer amplifier powered system with Pioneer speakers, basically. Yeah. yeah. No Pioneer uh, head unit, though. That was JVC. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good price <laughs> at the time. Yeah. But the car was bought on special offer from a dealership in Stour Bridge, which no longer exists. Mm. So it does still have the original dealership sticker in the rear window, which is nice. Yeah. That but, is uh, nice. Yeah, it's been, it's been a faithful and loyal friend, and hopefully it shall continue. And hopefully one day I shall get it up to Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, one, it's one of them cars that too any other person it's just a megan or just an old megan with rusty wheel arches but to you it's, it's a just, car full of memories isn't it so it's always going to be so special yeah to many people you'd look at it and go oh why don't you just scrap it <laughs> yes. uh, unfortunately looking at channels such as hub nuts or furious driving where they uh obviously revel in the unusual shall we say the yes, uh, politely the different <laughs> <laughs> a different sort of vehicle 
Yeah, I mean, through my channel, the Renault's got its own little fan base now, which is quite yeah. interesting. I never thought it sort of would. Yeah, yeah. It's just an unusual car. People like to hear about it. We're in our third family Renault now. It's a Renault Scenic. And the first Renault we had, it was my mum's car. This was before I was born, the late 90s. And it was a Renault Laguna Sport. And it was the diesel. I think it was 160 horsepower or something like that. But it's called Sport. That makes it cool. And it was gold as well, which just adds to it. And she actually got caught speeding. Uh, but we'll save oh, well. that story for another day. Uh, late to work again. Um, and obviously, it's a Renault Laguna Sport. So you're going to give it a bit, of, uh, a bit of pedal. The second Renault was also a Laguna. And this is when I was born. And this was the, the second to last Laguna, um, you know, what would you call it? Uh, the Mark Three Laguna. There we go. No. Oh yeah, so Mark Two. The Mark Two Laguna. Yes, there we go. I don't know my Lagunas very well. I should do. And um, that was such a faithful car. We did so many miles in that. And obviously, I used to live in France, so it's been from England, France, England, France to the Netherlands, mm-hmm. to Germany, to Belgium. It's just been everywhere in Europe. Um, yeah. That car came back here, had its issues, massive dent in the side as well. Um, and there, that was scrapped sadly, so that's gone. Probably somebody's dishwasher now, which is you know <laughs> always happens. It's always and now, the way. yes, now we're on to our scenic, which is the scenic three, and we've done about 80,000 miles in that now in the space of seven years. So that car's been around with me for half of my life now. So, yeah, I'm sure you've got some great memories in it, like I have with mine. A lot of good, a lot of bad, yes, definitely. Um, it's not not my favourite car at all. If I'm honest, I'm not a big fan of it. Um, as proved around Christmas time when it was just a pain to work on. But um, in the next few weeks, I'm hoping to do a YouTube video. So any listeners that are interested in my YouTube channel, there will be a video on the Scenic coming soon. Sort of seven years with the Renault Scenic and the likes and talking about what it's been like. But yeah, I, I think 90s Renaults were just peak Renaults, weren't they really? They've got, they just, they look cool. And they just are cool. You don't see many of them now, so it's nice. No, you definitely don't see many of the uh, 90s Renault, shall we say? I mean, look at no. the Clio. There were loads of those around, especially when I was a kid. But uh, yeah, yeah. nowadays, where have they all gone? Where are they? Yeah, yeah where are they? they exactly. They've all gone to the scrap heap in the sky or uh, enthusiasts yeah. have got their hands on them or, you know, Ruin not them. drive them as much. I know, I know. It's a scrappage scheme. We all blame that. A lot of classics yeah. were just gone. The thing is, the scrappage game, as much as we all mock it, it did have a use as well. I mean, for those who were not interested in cars, particularly who just needed something that was reliable and new, yeah, Yeah. you couldn't beat it. £2,000 for your old car that maybe get you 70 quid otherwise. I suppose not. No, but I know a lot of minis and stuff like that were scrapped, which for us as enthusiasts was sad. Really sad. I was was upset my mum got rid of her old Astra. I like that car. It had a blue interior. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. There's a lot of just ordinary cars that I think we all miss. For me, a car that I miss, I, I would say our old MX-5, but that's not really a normal car. So if I was to say normal car that I miss, probably our Beetle, which is the new Beetle, which is now the old new Beetle, 1999, yeah. um, called Betty. And it was silver and it was lovely. Um, but yeah, that's gone now as well. I think still on the road although I might be wrong. So there we go. We all have our stories. Anyway, I think we should slowly wrap this one up. So it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you, Jake, about various Renaults and YouTubing and stuff like that. 
It's been really nice. It's been good fun. So, would you like to promote your social media? Oh, go on then, if you're going to give me a chance. <laughs> Shameless plug. All right, so if any listeners wish to check it out, obviously, Wolves Wheels YouTube channel, and the exact same goes for Twitter, at Wolves Wheels, Instagram, again, same, and I'm also on Facebook as well. So if you wish to check those out, probably the most social one is going to be Twitter, the most picturesque one, shall we say, is Instagram, <laughs> and the most sort of business-like professional, if you were, probably Facebook. So feel free to check any of those out, and of course... The videos, obviously YouTube is the main platform for it, so feel free to check that out if you can. You've summed it up very nicely. So, yeah, listeners, do check out Wool's Wheels. You will not regret it, as I said at the start. It's all, <laughs> you're a young Ed China, so there we go. <laughs> you can use that quote Told in the future. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you ever so much for coming on. Hopefully we can talk again soon and you know, maybe in a few years go on a panda road trip or something. But, yeah, we'll see what happens. So thank you for coming on. No, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's been good fun chatting all things pandas, renos and minis. It has. It's been an absolute pleasure. Really good. And to the listeners, thank you for listening. Again, there'll be another episode next week, maybe with a guest, maybe not. So subscribe, follow the podcast, do whatever. I'm on social media, at Daniel Carzo 5 as ever, tweeting away and Instagramming away. And the podcast is on Twitter, at Piston Podcast, and you'll see various promo nonsense over there. So thank you for listening. And Jake, thank you for coming on. Again, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Piston Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Just before you go, remember you can follow me on social media at Daniel Carzo 5 and you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Piston Podcast. See you next time for more interesting car chats.